This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 14th of July 2023. And today we're talking about 3D printing and reading more of your emails. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Well, hello, Sean Priest. How are you this fine day? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, Stephen. How are you? Oh, do you know something? I, I really wish people could hear what goes on behind the scenes here at Double Tap. I mean, in some ways, I feel like you already do because you hear the show, right? Oh, and it's not dear. that dissimilar to us before or after the show. Um, no. I just say that the language is a little bit more, um, let's just say fresh. Is a that a good robust, word? Maybe. More robust. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And um, um, plus, the, the preparation for the show takes like four times as long. <sighs> I honestly I don't think I've laughed as much today because it has taken us the best part of four hours. I blame Dropbox <sighs> personally, um, but it's taken us the best part of four hours just to, uh, to get started today. Uh, and that's no exaggeration. No. That it, it's everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Can I just say I'm so pleased that Canada is five hours behind the UK. Well, at least Toronto is five hours behind the UK. Uh, it works because out well. It does, actually, because it allows us to get the show ready to air uh, just before it's due to air. <sighs> the good people at AMI wait for us to send the the magical file. Magic, yes. By magic. Um, yes. But it feels that way until it doesn't feel that way, like today. <laughs> Um, Dropbox, is, what is it? Is it because Sinking the entire world is using Dropbox now? It's just an absolute nightmare at the minute. You're just never sure if it's gone or it's not. And I've had to restart my computer like a thousand times just to get it some things to send. It's driving me crazy. <sighs> I know what it is. I know the problem. I'm going to tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. You tell me. Because I was on social media the other day. I know. Oh, disgusting. Mm-hmm. And um, I was... <laughs> I was absolutely stunned because there was a thread about people who use TikTok and Instagram and, and how they use it, right? Now, I know that on these Instagram and TikTok channels, there's probably things going on there I will never understand because I'm of an age where I mm. just do not understand. I don't understand the youth. I don't pretend to understand That's right, the Granddad. youth. You're not, you don't, I don't understand us. I don't understand you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I've heard you try to go of a chair. That's from a standing chair, a stool. I will have you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I know there's the, the kids. You know, like when I was a kid. I mean, I, I don't even as I, as even as I even me. I'm so annoyed. I can't even say the word. Even yes, I, as a child, wasn't really a child. I was born at 75, and you I will are. eventually hit that age. I'm looking forward to. It. Yes, we all are. But and retired, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I go I go on his social media last night, and they're showing people how because there's a bit of a thread about what is going on 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 TikTok and and how people are making money. Essentially, that's the whole thread of this, right? So people are making a lot of money on TikTok and Instagram, and there's that question from people like me: mm. How how is how? someone making money off of TikTok? Right? I don't well, I don't get don't it. Don't ask. Well, you're right. Okay, so. There's immediately questions, right? But, you know, they, they immediately might think of OnlyFans or something, and you think, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. what's going on? And we're not talking about that. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking here about how people are just making money doing stuff on their own, um, selling T-shirts or selling... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on. It seems to be endless T-shirt sales uh, going on on these platforms. <laughs> but also people who donate money through emojis. What? So there was this one girl... I don't know if she was a teenager or what, who she was or what age she was, but she was young, right? Let's just say she was young. She's at the age when I would look at someone at that age and go, she was young. Yes. And she was pretending to eat food, not actually eating food, pretending to eat food based on the emojis that were being fed to her. Right? <laughs> no. So she's getting sent like, a, I don't know what it was, like ice cream or something. So she's pretending she's got an ice cream. Then she pretends she's got an apple. So she pretends she's eating an apple. And then she has a some, someone put like a, a hat on her head where she looks like she's a gangster. So she's now you know pretending to be a gangster. And I'm watching this thinking, what earth is going on? What, what is actually happening here? And it's this was making world. her money. 
she was getting paid for this. And it seemed like the whole thing was just nonsensical. But yeah, she was making money off of these emojis. She wasn't doing anything other than just standing there going, oh, yum, 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 or whatever. You know, I'm like, what? I still what? feel Am I missing something? Yeah. I, I just, but the whole thing just felt weird to me. Yeah. No, and, I don't and, like and maybe it. it's a different world. I don't get it, but I'm thinking. I don't understand it, therefore I don't like it. No, no, I, I, I do like it. I'm just trying to think how I can get in on it. I'm like, well, how am I getting? I'll, I'll eat keyboards if you want. Um, I mean, obviously not real ones, but you know, I'll, I'll happily eat the letters of an of a keyboard. I'll eat through a QWERTY well, that's, keyboard. That's very interesting, Stephen. Because in a certain phone call this morning, you told me how you've lost all your keys off your keyboard. <laughs> now you know why. I'm <laughs> making an absolute fortune munching through my keyboards <laughs> on TikTok. Well, talking yeah. of keyboards, I was looking at the MX Keys S last night because mm. my MX Keys. I'm late to the game. You kept telling me, but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It is my it's the best keyboard I've ever had. There, I've said it. So, hang on, hang on. I didn't get, didn't do this at the start properly. But yes, it is no time. Oh wow! It's the appropriate time for that. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about that at the start. Yes, I forgot about the audience. I'm so sorry. They're late. Yeah. They're late in the bus. We was were late. Ha- we were having issues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah. So I wanted to buy another one for my other laptop because I've got a different. I've got a, a Logitech K780 in the <laughs> house, which I use for the other laptop. Yeah. No, it's fine. But two different keyboards? Bad idea. Ah, when you go from one, you're all over the place. Excuse me. So, I thought, that's it. Thank you. It's Prime Day. I'm going to go on and see. Of course, it wasn't on a deal. The new one is the MX Keys S. I hate it when they do that. Why do they do that? I mean, S, what does that mean to anyone? You know, MX Keys Mini... I know what you're you're trying to say. It's mini. I get that. MX Keys Mechanical. I get MX Keys S. I mean, what's the difference there? I, I, I have no idea. So tell me, what's the difference? Uh, you want me to tell you? Well, I think the difference is that it has got new capabilities. Oh. Um, I think it also has a slightly different design, although it's, I think the keys and everything are the same, but I think there's something about the keyboard itself, the innards, if you like. If? Uh, yes. <laughs> the innards of the keyboard have been slightly redesigned. And from my understanding and, and reviews, the keyboard is a little bit squishier than the previous <gasps> version. So well, it works. it's more expensive than the standard MX Keys Advanced. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Very confusing. What I did find, because what, when I did a Google of it, all I could find was this new Smart Actions. Uh, it's capable of running basically macros. So... You know, I, I went through before the Logitech Options Plus software and it showed you how you could change what a certain key does. That's built into that software. It's not great for accessibility, but you could figure it out and it's quite useful. So you can change that key instead of opening up the calculator. It could open up, you know, your favorite whatever program. Great. And it kept saying about smart actions and this keyboard had smart actions. So I updated my Logitech Options Plus software and lo and behold... Smart Actions was there. So mm. it's not just for that keyboard. So I started playing with Smart Actions last night, and I've got to say, wow, it's really impressive. Accessible? And accessible. <gasps> as, as far what? as the Logitech Options software is accessible. I mean, it's a little bit confusing as to navigation, but you can tab around it. It does read it out. It's just a little bit, okay, I hit space on there, and it jumps me up there. But it's, it is perfectly uh, readable via a screen reader. So basically, you go to Smart Actions. That key, uh, that button is actually labeled in the Logitech Options Plus. Before you do this, though, you do need to create an account. So you do need to sign in in able to do these. If you hit space on uh, Smart Actions, it takes you to another screen. Basically, you choose a trigger, which is either a key, so whatever key you want to use to trigger these actions, or in that list also is applications and something else. I can't remember what it is. So maybe you can trigger these actions just every time you load up an application. But right now, in every time I tried it, it was dimmed out. I couldn't choose that. So all I could do was choose a key. But once you do that, you just go down, tab to the next thing, which is add an action. And in here, there's text. So you can add a, a thousand characters of text. So every time you press the key, it would type that. There was a device. Um, I think that was something, I can't remember what that was. There was various different actions in there. You could add a delay, so you could wait for an application to load up, for example, and then before it did the next action. 
and system, which was, you know, mute mic or open a browser, open a folder, open a file, lots of different things I went through in the last time I demoed this. And um, it was really good. And you just keep going, add in actions, add in actions. So, for example, what I've got uh, at the minute is every time I press the calculator key on the MX keys, it will open up three folders that I use for editing a certain show. It will open up Audacity and the templates that I need for that. And it will open up the website and take me to the uh, the page I need to go to, all at the press of one key. It's really impressive, actually. And plus, you can assign it to different keyboards. If you've got more than one keyboard, you can say this smart action is for this one. And as you're uh, signed into your account, it's it's across computers as well. So when I go to the other computer, the smart action is already there. Plus, you can import and export smart actions. So if I create one and you want to use it, I can send it to you. It was really, really good. That's brilliant, actually. I really like that. It is, yeah. And as I say, for for Logitech Options Plus, it is the plus software you need. Uh, Logitech Options Plus, as I've said before, the 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 labeling isn't great and it is slightly confusing, but once you sort of figure it out and do it enough times, you can get around it. But when it came to the smart actions, actually, I was quite impressed. It was perfectly usable. Was and cool. you were using that with NVDA? I'm using that with NVDA, yes. You didn't have to invoke narrator to save the day no, at any point? No, no? It, it all seemed pretty. It, they're all standard buttons and standard dialog boxes. For example, I had one to open files and it took me to the standard Windows dialog box. Um, yeah, I, I was um, quite impressed. I'm going to look into it. Hopefully it works as well as, I mean, I've tried it a few times to uh, actually open that, you know, the folders and things, and it worked absolutely fine. I'm hoping it still uh, behaves and it's reliable. Um, but yeah, it's something you should definitely check out. And as I said, it's not just for the MX Keys S, which I kept seeing online. It does work on any keyboard which supports the Logitech Options Plus. Uh, in my case, the K780 and this MX Keys. Yeah, I, I don't understand the point of the MX Keys S. I really don't. I mean, my understanding is it's got a few more capabilities with other... Is it Chromebook it can play with better? Yes, because it uses the Bolt receiver, you can actually use it in Linux and Chromebooks, as well as windows and mac so but the one i've got here only works with windows or mac not linux computers or chromebooks apparently i didn't know that surely that could be a software update though come on i mean they could have well i think i'm, I'm even thinking that. surely through bluetooth that would connect okay wouldn't it a keyboard's it a keyboard isn't it yeah I, I haven't tried it so honestly i don't know i'm ever only ever going to use windows or mac i expect so it wasn't really an issue the other difference was it's got the same keyboard layout as the mx keys mini which means it's got an emoji key on it, a dedicated emoji key. But apart from that, that's the only difference I could find. Mm, okay. I find that very interesting. Thank you. I, I thought that was very interesting, which is unusual for me, because usually <laughs> you find things I'm interested in incredibly boring. No, I like that one. And I like it because a lot of people who've got the MX keys now will get that added benefit that you know is new. So it's a kind of a, an extra for, for all of us, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, exactly I, right. I can't find my MX keys after suggesting it a million times to so many people. I put it in the cupboard, it's gone. I cannot find it. It's either fallen down the back of something or someone's taken it. Someone's had it and, and gone with it. Well, I don't Who know. Would you know have took it? I had a friend another week. Taken? I wonder. Taken, yes. And I'm wondering if perhaps he's uh, snaffled it. Who? Who snaffled it? Who? Just a friend, but uh, it's all right. He knows who he is. Sorry, is it? Are you accusing me? Should I know? No, not you. Oh, You'd okay. never come to my house. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just just wondering. I mean, I will you, say you are you are very good, and I will say you're very adept with the denim jacket. Um, in that's true. In taking absolutely anything you like in there without even knowing, so you could well have you know come to my I house said, and taken it. But I know you didn't because you would have to leave the shed, so it's never going to happen. <laughs> I am down with the youth, and therefore down with the latest fashion. So double denim jeans and a denim jacket. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Well, anyway, my point was, before you rudely interrupted me earlier, my point about that oh, yeah. whole TikTok thing. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I started about a month ago. <laughs> the point I was making is that's why the internet is so slow, because all these kids are wasting their lives doing this rubbish <laughs> and making an absolute fortune in this at the same time. Yeah. <sighs> it's a world beyond me. It really is. Uh, listen, uh, on the point of um, 
buying things and mm. getting uh, new things. Uh, Lena has been in touch because uh, we were talking, of course, about the conventions last week. And uh, I think Lena has the shopping itch. Hello, Stephen and Sean. What a good week on the show. But Sean, do you have a cure for the shopping bug? Well, that convention news makes me want to go shopping. And I know oh. Stephen can't help me. Lol. <laughs> Sean, you asked about Good Maps Explore and Good Maps Outdoors. The outdoor version does not have indoor navigation information. If you'd like me to send you the link to the support article, just ask. I use Good Maps a lot and used it in a major nine-storey medical building yesterday. It was so nice to navigate that building independently. In an email which Laura read beautifully, as always, on Friday's show, Dan said that we cannot use our Mantis to connect to our Android devices. Oh, yes, we can. We have to use the USB cable. You can find information on the onboard user guide and, if you need a helping hand, the Blind Android Users Group is a wonderful bunch and they know every Android phone we have. My tips are to use the most up-to-date version of TalkBack. Also, make sure your phone software is up-to-date. I use the Mantis with my Samsung A13. Best to everyone, Lena in sunny San Diego. Yeah, we still have this issue with the Bluetooth, uh, what is it they call it, the HID problem, the human interface device connection Mm. problem. So this is still going on with Google at the moment, and it seems to be an endless debate about this. And and people are saying, well, you can't use the Bluetooth. But yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, Lena, because you can, of course, use these devices with Android, but you just have to plug them in. That's a good point. It's not that you can't use it, but, you know, for a lot of people, that's not very convenient. Um, it feels a little mm. bit oldie-worldy in a way of doing it. <laughs> Plugging things in by hand. Well, it's a phone. I mean, it just seems a bit like it most people are wanting to use their Bluetooth, dis- uh, sorry, their real display via Bluetooth so they can put their phone away. Yeah, yeah, so, that's right. Anyway, it's an interesting it is, one. I suppose. I'm interested in good maps, actually. I'm, I'm mm. wondering... How does it do the indoor navigation then? I mean, it's, is it a case of these maps need to be pre-created, pre? Help me out, Stephen. Pre. I'm no, I'm, say I'm done. happy to sit uh, here. Yeah, thanks. These, these <laughs> maps are actually mapped out for you. I mean, does a building need to be internally mapped? I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, unlike Clue or or seeing AI, where it tries to figure out and you create them yourself. Um, I, I, yeah, honestly, I don't know. The, the thing is, Lena, that the, the Good Maps um, Outdoor, at least when I tried that one, in this country specifically, um, it was a little bit lacking. But I think that's just because at the moment it, it's concentrating outside of the UK, which is perfectly understandable. Um, but yeah, I will give it another go. I will try it out, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lena, I think a demo is required. Uh, yes. Lena, by the way, is a queen of demos. Uh, oh, because yes. she's uh, going to be joining us tomorrow as well, not joining us, but she has sent in a demo which we will be playing out tomorrow on the show. All about Call Annie. This is an app that I uh, think is brilliant and it has had a few updates recently. So while well, I checking this out, that'll be on tomorrow's show, uh, along with more of your feedback. Because we're not going to get to all of it today. We've got Jason Fair joining us shortly. He is going to be here to talk about three D printing because it was either you or, or someone I think it was you that came up with this this idea that Don't blame you, me. you could I think it was. I think you came up with this thing about Braille uh on you know and using a three D printer so we could cut down on the cost of of printing out Braille. Uh but is that even possible? I think I've got an idea what the answer is to this, but I don't know. I don't know. So I'm intrigued. Uh, yes. I'm intrigued by this. But uh, Jason got himself a three D printer. He's gonna to talk to us about that. Jason you might remember he was here talking about the um Tim's Oh, I've forgotten the name of it again. Sense player. Sense player. Sense, sans, sense. Yes. It's, yeah, you were in the right area, yeah. Um, that <laughs> and also the Accessible Flight Simulator project. So, yeah, we'll hear more about that. There's a little update, I think, to share on that as well. Um, I want to drop this email in because this comes from Robbie and actually ties into a topic we've discussed on the show a lot, but on a particular episode a good few months back, and uh, Robbie's been just playing a bit of catch-up here, and uh, he wanted to chime in on the subject of blind advocacy. Hey, Stephen and Sean and everybody listening. It's uh, Robbie from Canada again. Um, I just thought I'd also share my feedback um, about the blind advocacy episode, Stephen, that you and Sean did um, a few months back, I think. It's a little, little bit of an older episode, but I have I have some things I want to say about it. Um First of all, that really, you have no idea. You guys have no idea how life-changing and how validating that that episode is. I'll tell you why. 
so I had a podcast um, <clears throat> about a year ago or two years ago called The Way I See It with Robbie Reeves. And this show was supposed to be an advocacy show. It was supposed to be something like this episode was where you talk a, a lot about, you know, blind advocacy and, 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 and getting involved and things like this. And long story short, I had to shut the podcast down because it wasn't reflective of who I am anymore. And I just got so tired of talking about the same, you know, the same things. And this is no disrespect to anyone who wants to talk about advocacy or blind ad, you know, anything like that. But uh, to your point, Stephen, when you said, you know, would you use, like, if you were to say you represent all, all women, you represent all men, if you do this, then this is, you know, then you're a disgrace to all women or all men, which is a lot of, I think, what happens in the blind community. I share that opinion. And that's why I have to stop the way I see it was because of, of it just, I just got so burned out from talking about get from, you know, thinking I had to do <clears throat> so much to get involved. And now I'm realizing I don't have to do that much at all. I just have, you know, I just contribute and just share my opinion. I don't have to stretch who I am. I don't have to be who I'm not. And that's what was happening. I was stretching who I was. Anyway, to not make this too long, because I could talk forever, <laughs> um, that was a life-changing episode for me, and that can, that episode can change someone's life. I just want you guys to know that. That episode was really validating for me because I was never one to be a, around a lot of blind people either when I was younger. Uh, so thank you guys so much for everything that you do. Um, I really appreciate it, and um, keep it coming. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you so much for that. It uh, means a lot to us that you've taken the time to call in um, and say all that. And I think that, you know, we, we'll probably unpack this a little bit more tomorrow. Um, we've got a bit more time to talk about this, but yeah. that, that really will um, hit home for a lot of people. That was such I think. a nice, such a nice email. I mean, for us personally, mm, but it was. also for, I'm sure, for other people as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I love uh, that name, by the way, the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, it sort of highlights your point there, Rob. Yeah, it's the way I see it. You're never going to... Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll get into it another time. But yeah. that was a really nice thank you. I really appreciate that, Robbie. Um, before we go to break, I've got something else to play you, which oh. I love. I love getting these emails. And uh, when I get them, I get so excited because I think I always... I think in my head, oh, I wonder if this is what I think it is. And then I get all excited. <laughs> I know what this is going to be. I'm excited now too. Philippe Bouchard hey! is back. And you know what? He's recorded another song. Oh, another anthem. <sighs> I love it when he does this. We're going to have an album at this rate. <laughs> the Double Tap album coming soon. Volume Double four. Double foot tappers. Yes, here we go. <laughs> foot tapper. Wow. That's, you've got a brand already. I like it. Uh, well, here he is, Philippe Bouchard uh, from New Brunswick in Canada. Here he is with his latest Double Tap song. Take it away. Yeah. Hey. 
of you, double tappers. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Philippe Bouchard, with <laughs> another in our album of uh, music that we've uh, been given uh, from Philippe. Honestly, I Sean is speechless, clearly. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. I'm just, I'm so sorry, Philippe's neighbours. I can only. I know, apologize. I know. It, he's, he's, he must be doing that in the garage, and uh, you know, the truck, even the truck was parked outside. I could hear that as well. Uh, listen, Philippe, thank you so much for that. Stick around. Double Tap continues next. Call the Double Tappers now. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven, or email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Yeah, welcome back to the show, uh, Sean and I today, and we're talking Braille once again, but slightly different topic with Braille today because, Sean, this is all your fault, basically. Um, of course. Yeah, well, of course it is. Well, whose fault would it be? Not mine. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Obviously. Uh, so you raised a suggestion. A spectre, if you will, appeared, uh, and the question was, would it be possible to use a 3D printer to create Braille? Uh, and this is a topic that's kind of come up a couple of times, and I think it's quite an interesting idea. Well, Jason Fair got in touch with us. Now, you might remember Jason because he's been on here before talking with us about the Sense Player. You know that thing I couldn't remember the other day what it's called? Yes. The, him Sense Player. Uh, so he uh, was talking to us about that, and uh, he also joined us to talk about the Accessible Flight Simulator project. Well, I'm so glad to say he's back with us once again to talk about 3D printing. Jason, good to have you here and back on Double Tap with us. Hello, good to talk to you guys. Oh, it's good to have you. And uh, listen, we were chatting away about 3D printing and it kind of came up in conversation and obviously you heard that. Uh, you know, could 3D printing perhaps solve the challenge of uh, expensive Braille embossers? Um, in a word, Jason, will it work? Uh, I, I'm going to say no. Oh, well, oh. it was lovely having you on, Jason. Thanks, Thanks Jason. so much for coming on. <laughs> Fair from Toronto. No, listen. Uh, you you do use three D printers, right? This is this is the thing. I do, I do. So I, I had um, a, an older one. I just upgraded to uh, a newer model, uh, bigger, better, faster, etc. And uh, yeah, I, I've used them for. I guess I've been using them for about a year now, something like that. Okay, what for? If you don't mind me asking, what for? Um, <laughs> yes. yes, he does. Um, uh, well, don't answer that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That no, was um, fair, everybody. <laughs> um, because it's there. Um, no, what, okay. what I what I tend to do. I mean, it, it's a technology I've been interested in for a long time, and you know, up until last couple of years, it's been you know either either very expensive or very inaccessible, um, and we're now down to fairly inexpensive and somewhat accessible. So you know, progress is good. Um, <laughs> Often I use it for, I mean, I've used it for practical things around the house. Like I printed a, a Google Home wall mount thing that you can stick your Google Home into and stick it on the wall. Oh, cool. Uh, which, which is fun. Um, but honestly, a lot of, and Stephen's going to hate me for this, but a lot of stuff I'm, I, huh. print, it, I print is um, props and replicas from TV shows. And, the re and like, <laughs> I'm really into sci-fi. And the reason uh -oh. I do that... <laughs> No, no, no. Well, well, we're not going to spend too much time on that. But the reason... The please re do. The <laughs> no, please. please. Please don't. <laughs> the reason I do it is because as a blind person, I don't know what this stuff looks like, right? So, so if I want to know what a particular thing looks like in a, in a show, um, I'm able to download a, a 3D print design. And uh, I've, and I've seen a few videos in my time. I'd quite like to get more detail on the images as well. Uh, can you tell me more about this 3D Move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, um, uh, can, can I just say? <laughs> Sorry, I just, got, I just got that. Sorry, no coffee yet. <laughs> it is, right. It's, to me, though, it still is sci-fi 3D printers. They have been around for quite a while now. But still, it's like you're printing an object Right? It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? It but is. With that said, I, I remember back in the day, it, we are talking hours and hours and hours to print something. Is that still the case? Well, I mean, it depends what you're doing, right? So so I'm actually running a print right now uh, that is the, uh, it's the uh, Perseverance Mars rover, okay? So oh. the one that they just sent to Mars 
couple of years ago. Um, and again, because I want to know what it looks like. And that's a big one. So the the chassis of the, the, the model, which is about, oh, what is it? Four or five inches high um, and maybe three or four inches um, in front to back, uh, left to right. That's going to take about 12 hours. So... So yes, it, it it can take a while. But now now like the Google Home holder, which is was for a Google Home Mini, um, only took oh maybe an hour something like that. Okay. Because it's basically yeah. just a hollow. It's basically just a hollow <clears throat> uh, shell, right? That you stick the the Google Home in. So it it just depends what you're printing. If you know, the more elaborate the model, um, you know, the longer it's going to take, obviously, and. And so, yeah, it just it just depends. And you can look in this like when you load the, the the model into the software, you can tell how long it's going to print and go. Oh, well, I can't do this right now. I need to do this, you know, later or whatever. Yeah. So overnight. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually download these objects, these things, these it's it's three D models, right? You can download yep. them from just a website. Is that right? Is it the Thingiverse or something like that? Uh, that's one of them. Uh, yeah, okay. Thingiverse is one. Um, <clears throat> the company that makes my, the company that makes my printer, uh, Prusa, um, has a they have a thing called Printables.com uh, where you can download models. Um, I mean, so people design these. And some of them, I mean, most of them are free. Uh, there are some that are you know sort of more elaborate models that people you know produce and then sell. Um, so I've you know I've seen ones for you know five ten dollars uh, for the model. Yeah. Um, but most of the most of the stuff I've printed has been has been free. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, the so, I mean the software that you use to actually so to, when, once you download the the model you have to load it in, into your software and basically prepare it for your printer so the software knows okay you have this printer and the, your build volume is you know nine by nine by nine inches. So if this model is too big, you can't print it. You know what I mean? Like so, the software does does those sorts oh, of yeah. things. Um, how much detail do you want in the print? Um, and that software is, <laughs> I I I almost hate to say accessible. It's marginally accessible. Um, you can, usable. Usable is yeah. the word. Yeah, yeah it's you, disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's still a it's still a very visual thing right like like 3d printing is still i think considered a fairly visual thing um but it shouldn't so, be right i mean there's it, no it shouldn't be. it's a tactile thing that's the whole point yeah yeah it kind of is so i mean there's i the, the software is open source um there's been so the software that i that, that i was talking about is called prusa slicer that's the one that comes with the printer there is another one uh that i use called simplify 3d that's a paid product um, that actually is quite accessible, um, but it's you know it's not the one that comes with the printer, so you have to pay for it, um, which is which is unfortunate, um, you know. But there's you know there's uh, there's work on like the so again the software is open source, so there's some requests in to make the software more accessible, but I don't think anything's moved on it, unfortunately. That is a shame. So. Yeah. What about the Brill question then? Because, okay, we, we kind of jokingly say, no, it, it won't work. But you're saying it can create these models, I guess, to a certain amount of uh, degree of detail. So why can't it print out Braille? So it can. It can print out Braille. Um, but the problem is you're dealing with, um, you know, uh, like my printer is about a 9 by 9 surface. Uh, so it's not standard paper size, um, and also you're you can't print onto paper. Um, you have oh. to print you have to print onto. So that the the printer's got like a they, they call it a build plate. It's like a metal plate that's coated in a in a particular material, and <clears throat> the plastic gets you know printed onto that, and the bed is the print bed is heated so that the plastic can sort of melt, you know melt onto the onto the bed and stick there because one of the things you don't want to happen is you know while it's printing this great big model you don't want it to start moving around on you um which actually can happen if you're if you don't clean the build plate properly and all that sort of stuff um so you know i mean so you could print a, a plastic sheet like a thin plastic sheet that has braille on it um but you couldn't you know what i mean you couldn't print a book and i mean it'd be so slow because to print a 
a large plastic, you know, plastic sheet with some braille on it, you're probably talking about, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes per page. Mm. <laughs> it's so, doable. Uh, no, no, okay. <laughs> Absolutely that. fine. Yes, that's right. So you, that's oh, probably, probably the speed I read, to be you'd, fair. <laughs> you'd, have, you'd have to actually print the, well, for want of another word, the actual paper, the braille dots were beyond as well. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yes. And, you, okay. and yeah, and you can't, I mean, it would be really rigid, like not flexible. It's, yeah, I yeah, don't know. It wouldn't work. No, yeah, okay. I think. I mean, maybe we'll get there at some point. Uh, but I think braille printers, as loud as they are, um, and I, last you guys were talking about enclosures. They, those have been around for a very long time. Um, I've seen braille printer enclosures like back in the eighties. Um, mm. So the yeah, they're, they're just yeah, they're so loud. Well, like I said, I think you can save the money by just taking the box it came in and stick it over the top of it. Problem. <laughs> True. Or the sound engineer, Stephen Scott, there. That's right. That'll be fine. That's how I do things. Uh, but, you know, I, I can imagine this kind of... I can imagine this being a thing that Sean would do. I, I just... I get the impression, Sean, you're the kind of guy... What? You, you'd sit in your shed, manufacturing, I have no idea what. Absolutely but, right. Selling on eBay. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, that's what a lot of people do, right? A lot of people do that. I, I've seen this on is it eBay and on Etsy and places uh, like Etsy that. Etsy for sure, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. lots of people doing this kind of thing. They create holder, like you were saying, you know, the Google Home holder or whatever. People are doing this all the time. So, you know, there's lots of benefits to this. Um, uh, question, though, in terms of cost, how much are you spending to get into this game? I mean, how much is the printer? How much is the software? How much is the, are, are the materials? Uh, so the printer, uh, so my old printer was about somewhere around a thousand, uh, maybe a little less. Uh, the new one was about thirteen hundred, but it's bigger, you know, a bigger, bigger build plate. The it the one of the one of the nice things about the new one is it it's it's pretty much set it and forget it. Like you don't have to do any calibration. You don't have to do like. There was some stuff on the old printer that I had the Prusa Mini before, which is sort of the smaller version of the one I've got now. And the the Mini, there was some calibration that you had to do when it printed the very first layer of plastic. Um, you had to sort of calibrate the height of the of the nozzle, and you could do it as a blind person, but very tedious. Um, so the new one pretty much automates that whole thing. You don't have to do anything. Uh, you just send the file to the printer and go. How it should be, yes. Yeah, and that's that's fairly new. I think a lot of the you know, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of other printers that do that now. There, there's there's often some calibration involved. But so the the software, if you if you want to fight with Prusa Slicer, uh, that's free. That comes with the printer. Um, Simplify 3D, which I get, again, as I said, is a fair bit more accessible, is a somewhere around a hundred dollars. I, I don't know. Ex I don't remember exactly. Um, but it, it's something like that. Um, and you know, I mean, there, I mean, there are people, there's, there are other, a fair number of other blind people into this. So people are starting to come up with sort of creative solutions for things. Um, as far as the, pla as far as the plastic goes. So it comes in like, um, the printer I've got is the, the, the technology is called FDM. Uh, fused deposition modeling is what it stands for, I think. Mm -hmm. So what it's basically doing is taking a spool of plastic. It's it's like a looks like a spool of you know speaker wire or something, and you feed the filament into the printer, uh, and then it just melts it and extrudes it through the nozzle, uh, and you know deposits it on your uh, on your model. But I've been buying the the pro the plastic from Prusa that they make. Um, and that's a little more expensive. It's about forty-five dollars a kilo, uh, kilogram. Um, but I mean, you can get you know twenty-five, thirty dollars a kilogram uh, plastics as well. So it's not bad. And a kilogram of plastic will last you a long time because when it three D prints, if you're doing like a solid model, it's not solid all the way through. Um, it's you know the outer shell is solid, and then on the inside, it does sort of this sort of honeycomb-looking pattern. That, that sort of, you know, provides structure, but it doesn't have to do like a solid block. Um, so you're not, uh, you're not, you know, wasting as much plastic. So, I mean, a kilogram, I've, I'm, I've still got the first kilogram spool that I bought uh, a year ago. Uh, but mind you, I don't, I'm not printing tons and tons and tons of things, but, you know, that's lasted me a long time. And I mean, the new printer came with a kilogram of plastic. So, you know, I'm, I'm good for a while. That's not bad at all, actually, considering what they used to cost. Um, 
they've come down a huge amount. So that that's good. What's the most interesting thing you've actually printed there then, Jason? Most interesting or, thing. And let me say that again. What what's the most useful thing? Because I'm thinking, how can I justify this to Sarah? <laughs> you know, I want one. I can say, look, I can print all the, you know, sync plugs or um, what we could ever need. We could easily get our money back on this. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that I've, that I've printed anything like revolutionary. Um, you know, the Google Home Holder was, I've, I've done a few of those because I've got a few of those around the house. And it's, it's nice to be able to mount them on the wall. Um so I think that was that's probably I mean it sounds kind of mundane but but that's that was that's been pretty fun, and just like I said what, what I've what I've often been using it for is is printing things that I just wanted want to understand what they look like you know there's huge archives of 3D models like Smithsonian does stuff um, NASA does stuff I'm a huge space guy so NASA does thing you know like like I said the the uh, the Perseverance rover. Um, you know the moon landing. I get all that though, Jason, because yeah. you know it's 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 like you say. You know, in our world, we can't really envision envision a lot of this. So, you know, it's it, to have it in our hand to be able to to actually get hands on with something. In terms of the detail, though, because this is the other thing. If you were printing something out, I don't know what you might print, but let's say you print the Mars rover. How detailed is that going to be? Do you think? I mean. To what degree are we talking here? It's accurate. It looks pretty decent from from the description, and I haven't, I, you know, like you know, again, I haven't seen it yet. But but the the description that I read, um, there's a bunch of parts. Like you print the main chassis, and then you print the various like arms that go off it for the wheels and the you know the d- different scientific instruments and stuff. So I, it's pretty detailed um, from from what I've seen. Um, you know, oh, so you're printing it in parts. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty like the chassis, the part that I said was going to take 13 hours, that's just the chassis. The 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 other parts, they're much smaller parts, but that's that's the biggest part. So you've um, got to put it together as well. I mean, you, what is this? This is, I mean, this is a factory machine line. I'm not interested in this. I, I was hoping it would just print me out a car. I could go to the sh- the store in it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, depends on the model, right? Because because you're you're limited by some of the ways that the, the printer works. So if, so if it needs to print, um, you know, let's say an object with a lot of you know overhangs or something, it can't just print plastic in space, right? Like it has to be on top of something. So so if you, you know, if there's a model that has sort of weird angles or or you know something that's large, too large for the the print bed because like I guess, like I said, it's about nine by nine by nine mm-hmm. inches. So if it's if it's something larger than that, you need to often print it in parts. Um, sometimes what the what the designers will do is that the parts actually have um, pins that fit them together. So you put the pin in and then you press the other part on it. And it kind of lock, locks it together. Um, it just depends on the model. Some of them you have to glue. And if if I haven't come up with a way yet, I'm, I want to, uh, but I haven't come up with a way yet to to easily glue things um, without making a horrible mess because um, I am totally blind. So um, what I you know I've got a, a a nice friend that'll help me you know glue stuff when I need to. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, so it just depends on the model. Like if you if you're just printing a like a car or something like a you know model car, then Possibly you could print that in one go, um, but some of the models, like some, the, the, some of them are really detailed. Like you can print, you get models that were, you know, of a car, for example, where you know the wheels actually turn and that sort of stuff. So you need like an axle and stuff like that, and, and that, you know, wow. that sort of stuff. It's pretty hard to print in one shot. I'm guessing the Google Nest holder would be a a, a one piece. Oh yeah, model. that's a one. Yeah, so yeah, that's just a one yeah. piece. I got yeah. You. That sounds yeah. really cool. I'm really interested in You're going to buy one of these now, Sean. I just know I, you are. I would love one of these. I just couldn't justify. I know I couldn't. Oh, I mean, it can justify anything. I don't need all these MacBooks. It doesn't stop me buying them. <laughs> That's true. I'm wondering if you could print uh, like a, like a rollerball, no, rollerball tip for your cane or something like that. I know it's not going to last very long. Two parts. But, yeah. I would imagine that one, wouldn't it? You need to print There's the ball the... and then the bit that goes yeah. around. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you could still you, do it, though. You could print the ball, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could do that. And the um, book. Yeah. 
Yeah, it probably it might be a couple of pieces, and and there that's the other thing too is there's different plastics, right? So depending on what you're doing, there are different plastics, and some of them are stronger than others. So if you've, you know, <gasps> there if we you're go. Print, so if you're printing something like you can print you can print in nylon, uh, for example. I, I've never done it, but you can. Um, there is there is a plastic called Flex that's used for things like cell phone holders. Um, so that so. Um, it's, a, it's got a little more give to it, so when you, you know, yeah. when you try to put it on your cell phone, you can bend it. Um, it. So I mean, there's all different materials. I mean, there's crazy, crazy stuff out there. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, there's and, and there there are ways to design your own objects. There's a there's a, um, a you have to get into coding at this at least at this point. Oof. But there's a thing called OpenSCAD, Open SCAD. That's like a programming language for 3D models. And so you can actually, like, essentially code your own model. Open um, space. Imagine yeah. what we'd come out with, Stephen, if we tried that. <laughs> God, we would create monsters. I honestly, yeah. I, I would. Whatever I designed would end up looking like a television idol. I guarantee you. <laughs> no matter what I tried, if I tried to create a car or a building, it would look like a television idol. No can we, doubt. Can we buy one of these just, you know, for work? Can we say this is like, you know, double, the double tap, tap bobbleheads? 3D printing warehouse. <laughs> yes. Bobbleheads. <laughs> 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 a Stephen bobblehead. That'd be amazing. I, I think the problem is that what I worry about with that is the violence that would be uh, used against it by people. That's what worries me. As soon as I start talking about Twitter, the bobblehead, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't be bobblehead. No, exactly. I would just be a body with a head lying in a corner. Ripped off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of local libraries have 3D printers now, and there's mm. also often maker spaces. I know Toronto's got several of them, uh, of you know people that are into this sort of stuff. And... You could often, if you don't have your own printer, you can probably get someone to print something for you. Uh, I mean, there are companies that'll do it, uh, but often, you know, if, if you hook up with one of these maker spaces, you could probably find someone to print something for you if you don't have a printer of your own. That's, That's amazing. cool. You could be in the library for 15 hours. That's be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they maybe have limits on what you can do, but yeah, I, I haven't looked at it, but. Yeah, it's no. Just just to get familiar with the the process would be nice, right? That's yep. that's a really good feature. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, our libraries in the UK barely got books, so you know this is uh, <laughs> a huge difference. It seems it's yep. very interesting, though, Jason. I have to say, I mean, I must admit, you know, part of me kind of feels it's all a little bit like you know, people are just feeling their way and understanding what the point of this all is. Uh, but you can really see the applications. I mean, I know in the medical space. They've talked about prosthetics, right? I mean, you know, prosthetic eyes, for example, or prosthetic arms, limbs. It could all be printed out. Now, it sounds a little bit like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. But, you know, I could also just go to the hospital and get what I need, which is great if you live in a country that's got good medical services. But if you live in other countries, this kind of thing could be life-changing. This could enable you to have things. I mean, even glasses, potentially. Okay, not the, the glass, the actual optical side but you could have the frames at least well like for example um the prusa the company that uh uh, that makes my printer is based in the czech republic um and they have i mean they have a whole series of stuff on their on their site for medical devices so like you know splints and things and they were they were talking about these sort of things being used in the you know in the ukraine for example Mm, Uh, so i mean there's there's lots of examples for of of things like this um but i think you're right i think people are sort of feeling their way i mean there's interesting things being done there's a project called touch maps that allows you to grab a map of your neighborhood and print out sort of a 3d representation of it which is kind of fun um yeah sean needs that no, I yeah. do because there's right. There's a road near me that apparently it goes around, and every time my kids take me somewhere, right, that's not very often at all. But they go the opposite way. I say this can't be the right way. I can't envision it in my head how this road loops back on itself and it's almost just like a circle. And no matter how many times I've tried it with cables on the floor, where they <laughs> right, okay, how does this road work? I cannot get it hang at on, all. Hang on, you're struggling with a circle. Yes. I am struggling with a circle. Yes, where I am, and when you actually walk it, it's like there's no bends in this road. It's 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 crazy. But yes, oh, tactile maps would be fantastic. What are you fantastic. talking about? You're showing us up here in front of Jason. I'm not showing you up. Jason, you know exactly what I mean, right? 
I, I, I sort of do because I've got a road so like that near me as well. I've got a road like that near me as well. That, that's that's uh, that's on, on weird angles and it intersects with streets that you don't think it should should intersect. Don't with. humor them. Don't yes. humor them, Jason. Ah, You're trying see? to be kind, and, and really, there's no need. It's double tap. Um, but listen, <laughs> I, I want to ask you about your recent trip to Houston, um, where apparently there's no problem uh, because you weren't at the uh, convention. You went to the NFB convention, but you were uh, at uh, a flight sim expo. Is that right? That's right. So, so yeah. So, so uh, I, I mean, I was on here once before. We, um, myself and another guy, develop uh, an accessibility add-on for Microsoft Flight Simulator, and there was mm. a, a big flight sim expo conference. It's sort of like a flight sim trade show um, in Houston. And so I went there, or we both went there, uh, which was kind of cool because it was actually the first time we'd met in person uh, after three years of working together. Oh, really? Yeah, it was kind of fun. Uh, so, so we'd just been online and stuff, right? So there's... Uh, Keep it that way. It's always, well, it's always, it's always yeah, better, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, Honestly. It's just a disappointment, to be honest. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we, we presented on it. Um, it was it was a really fun time. It was it was a, it was a good time. We uh, and I got to ride in a a two seater uh, biplane, uh, like open cockpit, which, which was really really fun. Oh, that's fun. That's moving away from the sim part of the flight, isn't it? It is. More real. Yeah. I didn't real. fly the plane. I didn't fly the plane. Oh, that's you know, okay. That's good. But there were only two seats. Nice. So who did fly? Yeah. Well, pilot guy. Right? Oh, okay. Right. And he could yeah. see, or she could see. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. No. So, no, he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you used your accessible right. software to land a plane, now that would yeah. have been cool, yeah. wouldn't it? No, that would have been cool. Doesn't interface with real planes yet. Oh well. Okay. Well, look, just keep trying. Uh, but this is really interesting. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts on it and uh, picking up on on this topic for us. Uh, because no you've problem. answered our question on Braille, but uh, I think you've uh, also piqued a lot of people's interests in three D printing, which is uh, pretty cool. So yeah, thanks for that, Jason. No problem at all. And there we go. Well, thank you, Jason, for uh, coming on and really helping us out with that one and essentially giving us the answer, which is no. No. Not going to happen. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, Listen, uh, keep your feedback coming. Uh, Lots of you getting in touch, and we'll get back into more of the feedback from the inbox on tomorrow's show and uh, also great conversation happening tomorrow because we're going to talk about Call Annie. Yes, you can talk to a robot. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. I can't wait. Lovely love. Lovely Lena has done a fantastic demo for us, and we will share that with you tomorrow on the show, uh, as I say, with more of your feedback as well. Keep it coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. 1-877-803-4567 is our call-in number. You can leave us a voicemail there. And we are still, as always, across social media on whatever is left in the social media landscape by the time this airs. (laughs) That's it for today. Catch you tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.